and welcome in. It's Friday. We've come to the end of the work week, and we're glad that you've taken time to join us here on the show that shakes the Southland. We are y'all, powered by y'all.com, the South's home page. Hope you have a big weekend plan for a lot of Southerners. It's going to be a soggy start to the weekend. And then, lo and behold, early in the next week, it's going to get chilly out there. So if you haven't found that blanket yet, or if you haven't pulled out your favorite jacket or sweater, warning, you might want to do that. John Rawls, my name. We've got a very good Friday lineup planned out for you here, and we're grateful that you have taking time out of your busy today to join us. Paul Hare of the Hare Financial Group will be on with us in just a few moments as he will give us a recap of what's been going on on Wall Street and so much more, lots of goings on in the world, and how is that affecting the markets? We'll talk to Paul about that. Before the hour is up, we're going to revisit a feature we had earlier in the week. We had our Southern Book Showcase And Michael Lewis is a New Orleans-based writer who's penned books like The Blind Side and more, and he's got a new book out that I'm going to ask Paul about because his new book is called Going Infinite, and it's all about the cryptocurrency company that uh, has been in the news thanks to their CEO doing things he shouldn't have been doing. We'll get Paul's take. We'll get all that with Michael Lewis's take at the end of the hour as we rewind as he did an interview recently with the Washington Post, and we'll share a little bit of this acclaimed author who's had books turned into movies. Going Infinite is the the new book. Michael Lewis is the author, and we'll have a clip of that as part of our ICYMI later on this hour. As we go forward on this Friday edition of the Y'all Show, we've got hashtag Huddleblue coming your way. I'm going to tell you all about Halloween Hog head cheese. I, I have found a company out of Louisiana that makes hog head cheese specific to Halloween, and it, it's it's it, it, one of them's kind of cute. One of their offerings is pretty cute. It's a jack o' lantern, but they also make a hog head cheese that looks like brains, and it's rather gross. We'll talk about it as part of our, you know, this is the time of year that people love grossness and they love to scare people, so why not? Hashtag Huddle Blue coming up in hour two today. Also in our second hour, we're going to give you a look at the new movie Five Nights at Freddy's. That's brand new this weekend and some of the other offerings available in the cinemas around the southeast. That's going to be part of our Dixie Cinema feature. In our final hour today, we will have a little history mixed in with some music, as today marks the day back in 1795 that Pinckney's Treaty was signed. Do you have any clue what Pinckney's Treaty was all about? It established the border between the United States and Spain, essentially it helped to, to kind of define the difference between what was then Florida being a Spanish possession, Spanish, Florida, and Georgia, as well as the other states that were touching Florida at that time, what would become Alabama, what would become Mississippi, East and West Florida. We're going to go way back in history to 1795 and tell you more about Pinckney's Treaty, named after a South Carolinian, by the way, Mr. Pinckney. We'll talk about that and, you know, to try to mix in political goings-on like Pinckney's Treaty with modern times and also coupled with the fact that it has to do with Florida, I found an audio clip that I'm going to play, and it is from the Van Zant Brothers. 
as both Johnny and Donnie of you know Sweet Home Alabama, Leonard Skinner fame. Johnny and Donnie recently went in the studio and cut a song called Sweet Florida. And it's all about Ron DeSantis, believe it or not. And so it's a little political, but I thought, hey, I haven't heard this. It's not a bad song. We're going to play that in our final hour today. And we'll also have a little recipe, Vidalia Sweet Onion Loaf Recipe. You know, I'm kind of new on this whole onion loaf thing, and we'll talk about that in our final hour. All that right here on the Y'all Show if you want to get involved, 615-208-4184. That is our text line, 615-208-4184. Email address for the show that shakes the South is M-A-I-L, mail at Y-A-L-L.com. Let's pick up a few national and regional headlines before we welcome in Paul the big story nation, nationwide is the search still going on for that guy up in Maine that shot and killed at least 18 people. There are people in the hospital, unfortunately, that are fighting for their lives. We hope that number doesn't increase. But as of now, 18 people losing their life after that shooting rampage that happened Wednesday evening in Maine. Our thoughts with that state and our hope is that the shooter is is found very soon he's been elusive thus far and we hope that the authorities in maine or wherever this guy ends up going they capture him soon because there are lots of people on edge and another terrible tragedy and unfortunately now the conversation once he gets captured is going to be on gun control again and should we ban assault weapons that will be certainly brought up again as it maybe it should be but it is unfortunate that 18 people have lost their lives this week in the state of Maine. Here's a story a little bit closer to the south that I wanted to tell you about. Eight-time NBA All-Star and a champion in the NBA, Dwight Howard, has now denied that a sexual assault happened as well as battery allegations that have been put upon him as someone has claimed that the as he's claiming that the so-called counter was consensual. Allegations have been leveled against the NBA star by a man named Stephen Harper, and it all stems from a July 2021 incident that took place at the home of Dwight Howard, a former L.A. Lakers star. According to the report, Harper accused Howard of sexual assault, false imprisonment, and intentional infliction of emotional distress. And the news here is that Howard's now saying that this was consensual. An attorney representing the NBA player told the that the alleged incident was consensual and only made public after a demand for payment. And according to the attorney, Justin Bailey, what was a private consensual encounter was made public for profit, and Mr. Howard looks forward to bringing the truth to light in a court of law. The allegations against Mr. Howard are contested. Mr. Howard intends to present the truth. But uh, maybe a little bit of an extortion possibly going on there. Dwight Howard spent 18 years in the NBA, and he won a championship with the Los Angeles Lakers in 2020. And I believe he's out of the game now, but this great player of the NBA now admitting a consensual affair with a man, and the man is suing. So we'll find out what happens in this case. We'll keep you posted out of the state of Georgia where this took place and a story from tennessee to tell you about today did you realize that the state of tennessee has four species 
of bats that are considered endangered. I didn't know a bat could be endangered, but Bat Week is going on right now. Woo! Just in time for Halloween. And the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency is letting it be known that there are multiple species of bats that are actually endangered. Worldwide, there are more than 1,400 species of bats. Think about that when you're hitting the pillow tonight. And uh, they make up almost 20% of all mammal species in the world, bats. And Tennessee actually has 16 different species of bats. And that includes the tricolored bat and the big brown bat. But four of them are considered endangered. And that's because of habitat loss and other factors in Tennessee. And and other southern states have the same issue. So just keep that in mind next time you're out and you're seeing a bat and you think you might want to kind of stay away from it, then, yes, you definitely want to stay with it away because these bats, some of them are endangered. The gray bat is the largest of the mouse-eared bats. And according to TWRA, it, uh, it's grayish overall, and it is uh, kind of a scary-looking creature. So just be on the lookout. You might want to go to TWRA and look in more to the various bats that are endangered, like the Indiana bat that's in the state of Tennessee is one of those forms of endangered bats. I don't know. I don't like bats. Thankfully, I've never had to encounter one indoors. They've only been kind of been an outdoor type thing. I remember as a child, I'd love to shoot basketball right when the sun was going down, and I had to have to dodge bats sometimes when I'd be hitting that three-point shot because they love to be diving down and interfering with my shot. Maybe that's why I wasn't very good at basketball is because of bats. I can blame bats. <laughs> I'll tell you who's good with the financial world. That's Paul Hare. When we come back on the Y'all Show The Hare Financial Group's Mr. Paul is going to be joining us, and he's going to give us what's going on on Wall Street and beyond. How is this whole Israel-Hamas war affecting the markets? What about Ukraine? What about this whole change of House leadership this week? We will discuss all of that. And if you've got a question for Paul, we want to hear all about what you've got to ask. So bring it on, y'all. More of the Y'all Show is coming up right after this. Here on the show all about the South, I'm John, now joined by Paul Hare of the Hare Financial Group. We're going to kind of give y'all an update what's going on with the markets and more. And Paul, good to see you again. Have you ever told anybody they look better than money in the bank? Uh, yeah, my wife. <laughs> and and what, what was that response? You're, that an, idiot. You're an idiot. Okay. <laughs> 
you're an idiot. Okay. It's 36 years, though, okay? 36 years of, of marriage. Okay, what about being as a couple? Uh, 37. Okay. And 37 years, three months. Okay. I think it's going to work out. Yeah, I run a real good zigzag pattern. <laughs> that is good to know. Well, you, 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 you're talking about it. You better, what's her first name? Ruth. Ruth? Ruth. Uh, just so I, like in I, the Bible. Right, right. And our sons, Paul and Matthew, so we're a biblical family. So. Uh, how about that? Well, yeah, I always, He's second Paul. You're he, first Paul. I'm first Paul, yeah. Well, I, I tell everybody I've learned the six two-word sentences made my marriage strong. You're right. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Yes, ma'am. Forgive me. Don't shoot. Got it covered. <laughs> Don't shoot. Don't I need shoot. to remember that one. Because I was only told to, yes, dear, and I'm sorry. I'm was sorry. That, was that one of them? You're of right. Yours? I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Yes, you, ma'am. Okay. Forgive me. Don't shoot. Okay. I need to add. See, she breaks 23 out of 25 on a skeet range with 12 gauge. Oh. And she shot 92 out of 100 for pistol qualification with a 9 millimeter, not a 22, a 9 millimeter. Wow. I don't make her. Uh, Miss Ruth. Yes. Don't make her mad. No, I always tell everybody uh, in the evening, strapless evening gown, dress the nines, or a T-shirt and cut-off pair of blue jeans, gutting a trout 37 years later, she can still take my breath away. Ooh, wow. There you go. There's another song. Maybe that's what we need to write before next week's show. Paul, good to see you again. Yeah. Uh, man, we've had a lot of changes since you and I were last together. Oh, yeah. we got a new speaker. Um, we've had the five, 10 year hit five. Now it's back below five. Uh, we've had the market go back up and then go back down. And so we're, uh, telling everybody point blank, you know, this is what we're seeing and, uh, we're moving, we're, you know, getting people where they are. You know, remember this is, this is just a small period in the whole time of your retirement. But we're, we've moved some people to some safe money, taking some profit off the table, secure the profit. I've got five-year money paying 5.8% guaranteed for five years. You can even draw the interest off of it if you wish. Uh, I've got other money paying uh, 5.6 for five years, and you can take 10% of the account value out every year if you want to. And then I've got seven-year money paying six and a quarter, so... I don't know what in the world you're talking about. <laughs> well, it's just it's just it's, it's, it's just different 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 types of products we have out there. Oh, okay, so, okay, okay. So, so. well, you yeah. mentioned how things have been up and down since right. we were last together, and I mean, you could even say that here in the last week. Right. Well, a lot of it has to do with what's going on with Israel. Okay. Um, you know, I'm, I'm I was raised by a Methodist minister, and I believe what the Bible says. Uh, you don't ever turn your back on Israel. And we don't need to do that as a country, and we need to stand tall with them. And, um, you know, we just need to uh, look at what's going on there. That has a great uh, geopolitical effect and also geo geoeconomical effect because you've got uh, who controls the Suez Canal, all that good fun stuff. Then you've got the oil wells over there that can be in play. Uh, you also look at the stability of Israel. Israel is really, people don't realize they are a, they're one of the top six financial powers in the world. Financial, you know, it's financially. So we, we've got to make sure we're not messing with them, uh, let them fall apart and create more, uh, economic un- instability. So. And what are they known for? I mean, you said there's six in the world. I mean, are they. They well, fi- as far as their their uh, financial standing, their mm-hmm. economic power, uh, 
you just got to look at Israel as a whole. Uh, they are the financial power in that area. I mean, they're stronger than Egypt because of their political uh, strength. You know, political power has a lot of dictation of what the financial strength of your country is. If it's all over the map, you know, like Venezuela, like those countries, uh, some of the countries in the South America, it creates an economic uh, instability for that country, that region. You know, that's why everybody's looked at the United States dollar as the main euro uh, or the world reserve because of our, our stability. Uh, even though there's times we don't look very stable politically, but... You know, our political uh, stability makes our economic stability strong, and so that's why we're considered the, you know, the reserve, the world reserve currency. Yeah. Now, Israel is number six in the world. In right. terms it's of- in the top six. Okay. It just depends. You've got, you've got us. You've got China. You've got Russia. Or we got Great Britain. You got Russia. You've got uh, Germany, and you got Israel. Now, France, everybody says, well, what about France? You know, the, I put them in the top ten, but Israel is in the top six uh, financially-wise. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about uh, GDP or anything like that. I'm talking about how people feel over there. I mean, you know, you go to Israel and you would feel economic, the economy's good. It's a safe place to visit, safe place to travel. Until, Maybe not right now. Not right now, but I mean, you know, 85, 90% of the time it is. Yeah. So. How many of those places you just mentioned have stock markets? All of them. They do? Yeah. So there's a Tel Aviv stock market? There's, yeah. Israel has a stock market. Uh, you've got the FTSE in France and England. You've got theirs. Uh, Germany has their own stock market. Their bond market's called the BUN. B-U-N-D, you know, so, and, you know, you've got that. See, you've got to also remember England is the only country of those, and and, uh, have mentioned outside of, let's just go with France, Germany, and those in the European area, that they kept their own currency. They are on the euro and on the pound. You don't hear the Deutschmark anymore. It's gone. You don't hear uh, the franc, it's gone. They're on euro dollar. So that's what keeps them, that keeps Britain more stable than than you look at Germany. But even though Germany has a very strong bond market, you know, even through the hard times. Now, they were paying negative return. We were paying zero return. We were the only country paying a zero return. Everybody else was paying a negative return. Mm. That means you put money in and you got less back when it matured. So yikes! So France and Germany both have their own stock markets, but they share the euro. They share the euro. So Correct. why do they have two different markets? Why do they have two different markets? Because we 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 have our own stock market, but yet we have euro, we have the yen, we have the you know uh, whatever China's. I can't even remember what there is. I've had a brain moment. I was going to say something yeah. else, but um, no. Yen's Japanese. Oh, oops. So, um, but, you know, they all have their own. Nikki, you got the Nikki, you know, in Japan. They have their own stock market, but yet they're involved in ours. So that's why you always say, what's going on in the Hang Seng is, is China's stock market, you know. So what's going on in the Hang Seng and the, uh, the, you know, the Nikki? Because that's going to make a decision on what the um, 
Asian markets doing are those two main stock markets. Then you go over to England and France, and that's the euro market. So, and you got Germany. So you you look at those geographical areas. So you know Germany is England is probably more stable right now than Germany. Not much more stable, but more stable. France, they're coming around. They're getting away from a lot of the. Uh, they're going back to nuclear power, so that's going to give them more stability in their. Uh, energy, which will bring their market back up. Oh, they're going back to nuclear. Right. I guess the push for green energy and all that over there is not going to. Um, Germany's gone back to coal burning, and also um, they've gone back to. Uh, they're going to the uh, nuclear. You know, I'll say this: you take the nuclear power plant today. What we run in our our aircraft carriers, our submarines, our battleships is 2,800 square foot. It's like 2,800 square foot house. It takes five people to man it. But it produces enough more power than a 1960s power plant, nuclear plant. Well, they're putting them up all over France and Germany, and we're not doing it here, but yet it's our technology that we've put into our aircraft carriers, our submarines, our battleships, our destroyers, you know, that's nuclear power. And it's clean. It's not as dangerous as the old systems are. So, uh, we're but we're not doing it. We're pushing green, and you know. And you don't have to have some massive nuclear plant anymore, is what it sounds like. Right. It's twenty eight hundred square feet. You still have to have a reti- uh, container building, but it's it's still only twenty eight hundred square feet. And there, and it's just it, you put it around. You don't need like uh, one to operate a whole area. You could put. Probably, I'm going to estimate, and this is just me, probably five in the state of Tennessee that could power our whole grid system. Because you got to look at how big those aircraft carriers are. I mean, that's a city of 6,000 people, you know, and look at the energy it produces. I mean, it does everything. Mm-hmm. So you know, It could do more, it sounds like. It could do, yeah, a lot more. So you could put those up. They're cheap. Uh, they're a lot cheaper to build than, than the uh, old system. So. Wow. I feel so much smarter when Paul here of the Hare Financial Group comes by, talks about aircraft carriers, but more importantly, all the financial markets. You can reach out to Paul and feel smarter about your future. 731-664-0047 is how you can reach Paul and the Hare Financial Group as they are both an insurance and investment agency and they do a fantastic job. And, Thank you. And and we're glad that we can get just a little bit of his time to come on here on the Y'all Show. So let's bring it back here domestically, if we can, right. Paul. So we've had here this week the changing of the guard with a new House Speaker. Right. With yeah. Mike Johnson now taking over as House Speaker. Have you seen a big change over these last couple of weeks when we did not have a House Speaker? Yes. You, you saw, saw a lot of un- instability. Then we you know, we get one elected. Now we're, we're the market's coming back down because now we gotta, we got to figure out the, you know, the shutdown. We've got to get a spending bill in. And there's been a proposal to do a three-month spending bill or six-month. Now, six-month takes us all the way to April 15th. I don't think they'll do that because there's a lot of pushback from the Republicans on that. Uh, so they'll probably do a three-month spending bill just to get us through the holiday season. They really don't want to be, you know, doing the Christmas push as we have historically done over the last several years on spending bills. So we're trying to get, you know, we, we're operating, basically we've operated without a budget for the last three years. It's just been passing spending bills. and Isn't that Congress's number one job? It is, but when you get a 
when you got two people that they are bound and determined to argue about everything, and I'm talking Republican and Democrat, instead of being uh, statesmen, where they're being politicians. So let's mm. just be honest. Yeah. You know, so, so what's your thoughts on this new Speaker Johnson? I don't. I haven't really known much about him. I mean, uh, it was a consensus to get him through. I knew Jordan wasn't going to make it. Uh, I don't know why uh, Gates did what he did to get rid of uh, McCar- uh, McCarthy, but uh, McCarthy, excuse me. But uh, you know, I don't understand. He did it. it. He if did. you're a conservative, though, it, it's a net gain. I mean. You'd have to yeah. think that Johnson's a little bit more on the conservative side than McCarthy. Yeah, Mc- he is. But, I mean, I don't know much about him, so I can't really comment. Well, I watched his interview on Thursday night. He mm-hmm. was on Hannity, and, boy, he did a great job. I mean, he's a very smart, polished guy and a, and a proven conservative. Well, that's I mean, we need somebody to keep control of the spending. And, more importantly than all of that, he's a unifier. He at least will unify the Republicans, and I think he's got a good chance to – Build some chemistry with some Democrats too. Well, we need a we need a we need a Ronald Reagan. We need somebody that can bring everybody together. So yeah. he referenced Reagan in his Hannity interview. But oh, uh, there you go. So yeah, always a good thing when you can bring the Gipper into yeah. the conversation. So that is something going on with a domestically with a new U.S. House Speaker with Johnson now taking over in Washington D.C. We are now officially well into our fourth quarter of the year. And it's not gone anything like anybody thought it would. Okay. Why? Why? Well, we were looking at instability for the first six months and then stability the last six months. Well, Powell has, has kind of, and I keep saying this, he wants that 2%. i got to have that 2% inflation, 2% inflation. That was all before 2008 when we were doing all this free money and before COVID when we were getting out, giving out free money again. So... Two things are going to have to happen to get us back to that traditional 2%. One, we're going to have to get the free money out of the market, which is what we're trying to do with the unwinding of of quantitative easing and selling the bonds off and everything. The other thing is, is you're going to have to have everybody get this free money they've stockpiled up. Um, Parents are going to have to kick kids out of the basement. And um, nobody wants this, but we're going to have to do something about the wages. Yeah, we cannot operate off a $15 an hour wage, and so people are going to AI and robotics. I mean, I was at a McDonald's the like other day. I like how you say that. McDonald's. I Mac- like that. McDonald's, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a southern boy. We're at <laughs> McDonald's. and uh, No, McDonald's. McDonald's. McDonald's, okay. Uh, and normally you would have, like, three people up front at the register and doing all this. Well, they were operating off kiosks. And I asked the manager, I said, how are you doing this? Because he was out sweeping the floors. And I said, why are you doing that? He said, I've got four back there cooking, one up front, one working the window, and me. And I said, okay, that's seven people. He said, yeah, and I've cut my expenses down. You do it by kiosk or the app. Uh and I said, well, okay. He said, you got to think about this. I took two people off the front line. That's $30, 15 bucks an hour. That's $30 an hour. That's 40, you know, 40 hours a week. They're not working full time, but he said you would have 40 hours there if we were doing it three people or two people or four people. I said, yeah. He said, all right, you figure that up. That's $1,200 
a week, no, not counting overtime, look what I'm saving mm. over sixty something thousand dollars a year. That's a lot of money. That's that. Yeah. Now imagine you do that, just not one shift, but two shifts. Now you're up over hundred twenty thousand in savings just by eliminating four jobs. I hate that people aren't going to have a chance to have those jobs. But also, as a consumer, I don't like going in there and hitting a kiosk. I like to pay cash. I don't think those kiosks give you a cash option. No, they don't give you a cash option. But uh, but also this, um, you know, what about people starting off? So the only way you're going to get wages down is to either do that or have a major, major recession. And I can tell you, I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican, nobody wants to be in office on a major recession. All right. Well, one term came up this week that i wanted to ask you about what that bubble word that we've got a potential bubble and it's about to burst well you've got that in the real estate market you've got it in some other things too but now the but that's real estate if you're looking all over the united states in our area it's not really that big of an issue because of all the companies we've got coming in so that's that's not a concern uh, but yeah, you got a bubble coming up, and it's uh, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, but not in our area. I'm, you know, uh, you're already experiencing the bubble in the the uh, real estate bubble in California. You're experiencing it in New York and in Illinois. Uh, so they're already having their bubble. Texas, you're not going to have. I don't think, or Florida either. Florida may have a small bubble, but not. That big of a bubble. And what will make the bubble burst? Just interest rates can't sell the house. You had a when you have a three percent interest rate, you could sell a house for three hundred and fifty thousand dollars, okay? Mm-hmm. The interest rates right now on a average loan, the interest rates where they are increase the payment anywhere from four hundred to six hundred dollars a month. Buying the same house at the same price. So people aren't buying. Well, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna have to bring my house down to get it sold. So, you know, two years ago, I had a man knock on my door and offer me $380,000 for my house. And the real estate agents, well, you need to sell it, and we can find you something similar. I said, well, instead of me finding something similar, why don't you find that man, my house, somewhere else, you know, Mm -hmm. because my house is almost paid for. (laughs) I don't want to start off with another mortgage. So if the same man knocked on your door today... I don't think he'd offer me three eighty. I think he'd probably offer me three twenty, three thirty. Mm. So that's a because the interest rates. Yeah, big difference there. Mm-hmm. Paul, you walk through all this stuff with your clients when they I come every, in every every time. You yeah. know, I, I was telling some a person this morning. I had a man walk in my office with one point five million dollar inheritance, fifty five years old, and he wants to retire, and he's used to living off. $70,000 a year, and I'm like, uh, no, I would work, I would work, pay off everything but your house. I don't ever recommend somebody paying off their house. I don't care what Dave Ramsey says, don't. Unless that is your forever house, don't. Everybody says, Paul, your house is almost paid for. This is probably the house they're going to carry me out of, okay? So that's a difference. But don't pay your house off, pay off everything else. Uh, we're going to sit down and start planning a budget. Now, when you turn 62 and you want to retire, if we, if you've done exactly what we're supposed to do and you haven't gone haywire, then, yeah, you can retire. 
Don't turn on your Social Security. you got enough money to live off of to cover all your other expenses. Turn on your Social Security at 67 or 70, whichever you want to do. And, but it's, it's sitting down and, and being committed to the plan. Uh, he went out and he, he went out and bought a $110,000 Corvette. Did he really? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you can't retire. Why? You just spent almost 10% of your inheritance on a car that five years from now will be lucky if you can get 50 cents on the dollar for. So, you know, it's just being smart. It's just being, you know, uh, when my son, when my wife and I pass away, my uh, sons will inherit their money. They get 10% for their stupid tax. That's what I call stupid tax. And what is that? Go do something stupid. Go buy that car. Go whatever you want to do. But that's all you get. Then you start getting a monthly income out of the trust until you hit a certain age. And at a certain age, you get to buy a house. At a certain age, you get to do this. You know, all that. You know, everybody says you control it from the grave. I said, there's no way I'm dumping that kind of money in my kid's lap because in three years they'll be broke. Mm. What a wise guy. What yeah. a wise, truly, I mean that as a compliment. No, thank a you. Wise guy, wise father, right, and just a wise person. No, Paul Hare, Hare Financial Group, 731-664-0047. That's how you can reach Paul. And he'll walk you through all this. Right. I'm a registered rep of uh, Secures America, SIPC. I want to tell you something real quick. Yes, sir. Johnny and Ronnie Van Zandt. John, uh, Donnie Van, Ronnie, excuse me, Donnie and Johnny Van Zandt. Donnie founded 38 Special. Ah. So he was, he was supposed to, he was the, started out as the lead singer, but then the other guy took over as the lead singer. But Donnie Van Zandt's in 38 Special, and Ronnie, of course, took over for Leonard Skinner. Are you a Southern Rock expert? Oh, man. I, hey. My sons, I tell this joke all the time. I have one of my sons ask me, Do we, Dad, we listen to bad music. I don't know what bad music is because I listen to Leonard Skinner. Mm-hmm. So. Well, what Paul's referencing here, he didn't just pull this out of nowhere. Right. In our final hour today, we're going to play a song called Sweet Florida yeah. that Johnny and Donnie Van Zant sing on. It's a new song. They just yeah. went into the studio and, re- and cut this, and they did it in honor of Ron DeSantis. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you know much about the financial history of Johnny and Donnie, but why would they be supporting Ron DeSantis? Why would they publicly be supporting him? Because they love Florida. I mean, uh, okay. look what they've done. You brought up that book, and it kind of it kind of shocked me, a, a book on impotence. And we're going to talk to Paul oh, Hare about to, that. And I went, yeah, well, I meant, wow, thanks that, a lot. I meant to bring that up. Okay. <laughs> so right. Sam Bankman-Fried's been in the news a bunch. He's the right. guy with the FTX right. and the cryptocurrency. What, and what have I told you all about crypto? Don't do it. Okay. Don't do it. Everybody, oh, uh, yeah. you do not know where that digit comes, and you don't know where it's been. You don't, you know, and it has no value. It's just whatever you have faith in. Okay. And look what happened. He was had it was riding high when crypto was at uh, the crypto was at sixty four thousand a bit. It's at eighteen, and everything fell apart. What is it now at thirty? But still, it's half of what it was when he was riding high on the hog. Mm-hmm. You've never seen the dollar fall like that. Well, stick around, Paul, because Michael Lewis has got this new book all about Sam Freed of FTX. It's called Going Infinite, and he talks about some of the management style or lack thereof right. of that company. It's pretty wild conversation. We had this earlier in the week, our book spotlight of this southern author, Lewis, and his newest book, and we're going to have that up, but I'm glad you reminded me, yeah, because uh, I wanted to get your take on. Well, it. I wanted everybody out there. I don't, I, you know, that when you say uh, 
impotence. We're going to talk a book, a book on impotence, and we're going to talk to Paul Hare about it. That kind of bothered me. <laughs> let, let me clear you up. Maybe you got something in your ear today. It's in, infinite. Oh, infinite. Not I thought infinite. you said impotence. I thought, no. God, dog, man. No, 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 no. It's okay. not impotent. It's okay. going infinite. And infinite. I, I may have said it wrong. Okay. I apologize. I'm losing it, too. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm not quite there on that other one. Right. But uh, Going Infinite is the name of Michael Lewis's new book. And when we come back on the Y'all Show, we're going to go back to earlier well, in the week. Hey, and if talk you get about it, it. Crypto, can go, crypto can go infinite. You know, I mean, it's like I said, it's whatever value you put on that digit. Yes. Just make sure you never go infinitely impotent. There you go. Then exactly. you'll be in trouble. I would recommend that you go see my friend Don McKnight at Jackson Urology, then, if that's the problem. Oh. <laughs> All right. There we have it. And with that, (laughs) exit stage left, Paul. (laughs) Have a good one, man. We'll be right back to wrap up this hour of the Y'all Show. Stay tuned. going to try to help us clear up the place after our conversation with Paul Hare. We're back here on the Y'all Show with little Vern guys and setting them up. And we're going to set you up here with what we call I-C-Y-M-I in case y'all missed it. This is where we rewind here. Upon further review, we rewind back to a portion of our show from this week. And on today's ICYMI, in case y'all missed it, we're going to go back to our Tuesday show where we have our Southern Book Report. And we go through at that time the top selling books on the New York Times bestsellers list. One of the books on that list is from New Orleans native Michael Lewis. He's the guy that wrote The Blind Side. He's written a bunch of books, some of which have been turned into big movies like The Blind Side. He's got a new book called Going Infinite. And it's about Sam Bankman-Fried, the founder of FTX, the cryptocurrency company. And this book is on the New York Times bestsellers list, Going Infinite. And today, as we wrap up this opening hour, opening hour of the Y'all Show, let's go back to Tuesday and hear a little bit more about why Lewis wrote this book. And let's learn a little bit more about the wild strategy that this guy who had FTX what he did there in his company that, gosh, uh, we now know why that guy's in a whole lot of trouble. Here's author Michael Lewis, and this comes to us courtesy of the Washington Post on YouTube and a clip that they recently did with author Lewis. Um, Sam Bagman-Fried, a person who um, 
sense that he, he had his competitive advantage in semi-chaotic environments. That if things are moving fast and changing all the time and unstable, that's where he was best. Proceeds to create lots of unstable semi-chaotic environments. His, his, his Alameda research and this exchange. And among the, the received wisdom from grown-ups that he rejects is the idea that you need job titles or organization charts or even lists of the employees who work for you. And um, this thing grows to be a 450-person organization, and nobody knows exactly where they fit in the organization because Sam is forbidden. Like, there's some job titles, but they don't match the job. Some people want a title. He gives them a title, but it doesn't have anything to do with what they do. And there's, his environments tended to have a lot of discontent in them, unhappiness, because people were not being emotionally serviced. Mm. Um, and Sam would bring in people to kind of sub, and subcontract the, 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 the servicing of their emotional needs of the employees to them. Yeah. And one of the people he does this with is his own psychiatrist. He has a psychiatrist who's been back in the Bay Area, who's emerged as essentially the psychiatrist to effective altruists. Mm -hmm. And Sam says, could you move to the Bahamas and become psychiatrist to FTX, to the whole business? Because yeah. everybody's screwed up. And everybody's got FTX problems. had moved to the Bahamas. Everybody moved yeah. to the Bahamas. And so the psychiatrist's name is George Leonard, gets there, and instantly he has 100 patients wanting to go sleep, lay on his couch yeah. and tell him about the problems with work. And George realizes that he can't understand what these people are talking about unless he has an organization chart. And so through therapy, he starts to create an organization chart and secretly keeps it because he knows if Sam finds out, Sam's going to be furious. So George, when it all blows up, hands me a, you know, a thumb drive with this thing on it and says, nobody knows it exists. I'm vanishing. I'm getting out of here. But here it is. And I've been watching great amusement as... The, like the bankruptcy people, when they get up and say, we, we, we still don't know who's, who worked for this place, and there's no organization chart. And here it is. <laughs> Pretty wild stuff. Again, that's author Michael Lewis talking about his new book, Going Infinite, all about Sam Bankman-Fried of FTX. That wraps up Hour 1. we got more fun coming up in Hour 2. We've got the South number one on our priority list. Welcome back in. It's our second hour of this Friday program about Dixie. We've got a few headlines that we'll be jumping to in just a sec. Also in this second hour, we've got some social media fun, a little Halloween talk, courtesy of hashtag Hullabaloo, where we go on social media and find conversations about the Southeast. That's coming up. Also, before the hour is up, we've got a look at the new movies hitting theaters this weekend. And there's a good one just in time for Halloween. It's Five Nights at Freddy's. We'll tell you more about that as we get you ready for 
the weekend. We want to hear from you here at the Y'all Show. You can reach us on our 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week text line, 615-208-4184. Also, you can email us, mail at yall.com. Mail at y'all.com is the way to reach us. We'd love to get your feedback here as we're kind of winding down the month of October and we're also winding down this work week. Hope you've got great plans. I bet you some of you might put on some kind of Halloween costume this weekend and go out and uh, load up on the candy and maybe get a few scares in while you're at it. Uh, have a good time. Just be safe out there over the next, not just weekend, but on into old, uh, Tuesday, which is the actual Halloween day, October 31st. But a lot of people... Get real excited this time of year for this spooky, spooky little event, and just be safe. We want all you ghosts and goblins to hang around beyond October 31st. Let's catch up with all the news headlines as the big story nationwide continues to be the search for 40-year-old Robert Card. That is the man that went in on Wednesday and killed 18 people in Maine. And a search continues for this Army reservist as he's had his own struggles with mental illness and even was in a mental health facility for two weeks this past summer. And in Maine, they are continuing to put out this statewide search. And it could go on into other states, maybe even to Canada. Of course, Maine borders Canada. I guess it would be not just Quebec borders Maine, but some of those Atlantic provinces also are over in that section of the North American continent. But a press conference today with the commissioner of Maine's Department of Public Safety talking about the safety concerns for first responders as they're out trying to get this man behind bars, trying to find him and then arrest him. Of course, people in Maine on edge with him on the loose and have been he's been on the loose for quite some time so we'll wish for the best of this unfortunate situation with 18 people losing their lives on wednesday that this unfortunate incident is solved as, as far as this man being out on the run elsewhere in our state in our country in our region here this week of course we've got a new u.s house speaker mike johnson and on Thursday evening, he sat down with Sean Hannity of the Fox News Channel in what I believe is his first nationwide interview after he was chosen as House Speaker. And if you had a chance to see some of that, it was a very, very well-done interview, as I believe they were in his house office there. I guess he's had to move offices in D.C. now that he's the Speaker of the House. But a sharp guy. I mean, he's a constitutional attorney. And whenever Sean Hannity was pushing him on some of the tough questions, like his past support of a ban on gay marriage, Johnson didn't hold back. I mean, he he did say that he, as a constitutional lawyer, follows the Constitution and the law. And it was a nice way of saying, I'm going to not come out and try to stop gay marriage, but I'm not necessarily a fan of it, but that's the law. And he made it, basically, to sum up the interview and what the liberals are coming after Mike Johnson for is his past efforts to stop gay marriage from happening, as Obama even did 
prior to 2014, by the way. Also, because Mike Johnson was a big part of various states and their efforts to codify that marriage was between a man and a woman. All that was being pushed by more than 30 states prior to the Supreme Court decision. I think it's Obergefell was that case. I think I'm right on that. And Sean Hannity tried to just bring up what the liberal talking heads are going crazy over this week. The fact that here they have chosen unanimously from the Republican side a guy that would be against gay marriage. Well, he was, and many of us in the South and around the country, against gay marriage at the time, and some of us are still are against it. But what are you going to do? File a, the only, way, only thing you can do is try to find some legal argument to make it where it goes back to the states similar to abortion, which was the other thing that Sean Hannity brought up was abortion. And what he really was trying to do is get Mike Johnson to talk about is this new house in his remaining year and two months that he will be the house speaker unless he gets booted out like Kevin McCarthy, will he try to push as house speaker Republican efforts to put into law laws against gay marriage and a law against abortion, a federal law against abortion? Would he try to do that over these next 14 months because that's the fear that I think liberals have, especially those far-left liberals think that this ultra-conservative, this MAGA Republican in Mike Johnson is going to try to suddenly turn up Congress and make it a miniature Donald Trump, okay? Johnson did a good job of answering the question. He made it a seem, and, 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 and I thought it was pretty clear, that that's not what Congress, with the Republicans in control, are going to try to do over these next 14 months. They're not going to try to push for an overturning of gay marriage. They're not going to try to make abortion illegal from a congressional standpoint. Okay, And so that ought to shut up some liberals. That ought to be enough to tell them, okay, this guy may be the real deal. As he mentioned that some of the priorities for Congress is going to be issues like Israel and Ukraine and the funding, but domestically, what to do with all these surging costs, what to do with the border, where you have hundreds of thousands of illegals coming into this country now every year. And some of those come into this country from a terror watch list. They should never have even come close to the borders of this country. And Johnson is going to be pushing more for that. Now, unfortunately for the Republican from Shreveport, he's got a very narrow Republican majority in Congress, and so whatever kind of negotiating he's going to be trying to pull off, he's not going to get any support from Democrats, and he can't afford to lose those moderates. So... I think uh, I think it's a good thing. Matt Gates. I saw an interview that he's done. Also, a lot of people have put him down as an as a fool for ousting McCarthy. But look, I think it's a good move. I really do. Especially if the Republicans can come out guns a blazing and get some things done, and if they can find a way to 
it, it really comes down to this whole pending government shutdown in a couple of weeks. If they can find a way from a conservative standpoint to get this whole financial thing solved and to avoid a shutdown at the same time, then that would be a wonderful deal because I'm not so sure that Kevin McCarthy would have been able to avoid this November shutdown potentially happening. Okay, We saw what happened leading up to it. It was nothing but a continuing resolution, a kick-the-bucket-down-the-road type deal. And Johnson, who seems to have a good grasp within the Republicans on Capitol Hill, he seems to be admired. I, I saw a Jim Jordan interview. Of course, Jordan was vying for the House Speakership. And Jordan, on Thursday evening, talked about how he was proud of Mike Johnson. He's his friend. And there seemed to be no animosity between those two based on what I saw. And I think Johnson is a – he's just a – it seems like he's a good guy. He's a quality guy. The worst thing about him is he's an LSU Tiger. Other than that, <laughs> he's he's a two-time LSU Tiger with the law degree and the undergrad from there. But other than that, in all respect to you, Louisiana State University and A&M College, uh, no, I think he, he's going to be good. And I, I have to admit this, speaking of LSU, all you Tiger fans who are ready to call me up and bless me out here, how about this little fact? So Wednesday, Mike Johnson, LSU alumnus, LSU diehard, is selected as House Speaker. The majority leader of the United States House of Representatives is an LSU Tiger in Steve Scalise, okay? Pretty powerful, wouldn't you say? LSU, go Tigers. Go to hell, Ole Miss, they would say. And they're doing great there in LSU. Now, the funny thing is, guess what? Wednesday, when this LSU power duo took over Congress, Johnson and Scalise, it happened to fall Wednesday when this happened on arguably the greatest supporter of LSU's birthday. As Wednesday was the birthday of Mr. LSU, I've got to wear an LSU windsuit every time I show up on TV. I got to wear an LSU ball cap every time I do an interview because my head is bald and I'm not exactly the prettiest guy out there. Wednesday when Johnson and Scalise took over, it was the birthday of Mr. Bayou Bengal, James Carville, Mr. Democrat. (laughs) Happy birthday, Jimmy boy. It fell on his birthday when those guys took over. Pretty wild. Yes, you know, sometimes when I look in the mirror, I, I I have to say, you know, I'm not the prettiest guy out there. But I sure as heck ain't Jim Carville, Jimmy Boy, man. And But he's got a pretty wife to his credit. I mean, was it Mary Mag, Mag, Mary? She used to be a Republican pundit all the time on TV. Um Mary Magdalene? It's not Mary Magdalene. It's Mary something like that. Hey, kudos to you, Carville. Happy birthday, and go Tigers. Let's tell you a few other headlines before we move over to hashtag hullabaloo here on this Friday edition. This story comes to us out of West Tennessee. Something tells me that this Fayette Ware basketball coach may not be coaching 
for Fayetteware High School in Somerville, Tennessee anymore because he's the new basketball coach and the new coach is now in a lot of trouble because drugs and a gun were found during a surprise drug search of the Fayetteware High School campus this week and the new basketball coach among the people arrested for having drugs at Fayetteware High School in the West Tennessee town of Somerville. Fourteen vehicles were alerted to dogs. Eleven belonged to students, and three, vehicle, three of the vehicles alerted belonged to faculty, including teacher Jariah Washington. And deputies found in her Mercedes-Benz a small bag of marijuana in the console, a backpack in the trunk with two scales, two mason jars with marijuana residue, and a box of clear baggies. The teacher also had a handgun that was in the vehicle, which was in itself not necessarily illegal, but coupled with the drugs and the fact that in addition to the drugs, there were scales, bags, and things that may indicate the intent to deliver or sell. Um, that's not a good look. And Washington had just been hired as the Fayetteware girls' varsity basketball coach, of which they were about to start their season. She's a former Arkansas State Red Wolf Indian basketball player that just got out of college in 2022. And I don't think she's going to be coaching Fayetteware High School this year. But you know what? The way things are in today's crazy world, it would not surprise me if she's on the sidelines to uh, coaching the lady Fayetteware High School, whatever their mascot is, team in uh, Fayette County, Tennessee, not far from the city of Memphis is where that uh, is located. Coach Washington in a lot of trouble with drugs and a gun found in her car. How about the fact that she wasn't the only faculty member that drug dogs searched out and found this week? There were, what looks like, what, two or three other? Jeez, what a ridiculous, ridiculous situation in Somerville, Tennessee. And lastly, a restaurant in Georgia has now got a new fee that they're charging customers, an unable-to-parent fee. Yes, according to the restaurant, and this would be the Tacoa Riverside Restaurant in Blue Ridge, Georgia, the charge is for adults who can't parent their children. Yes, it's a Georgia restaurant that's going to charge a parent surcharge whenever you come in and you, quote, can't parent your children. And uh, I've never heard of such a thing. The restaurant is getting national attention because of this, but uh, the owner is uh, pulling this off. So if you have wild and crazy kids, you might not want to stop by the Tacoa Riverside Restaurant in Blue Ridge, Georgia. You could be charged an unable-to-parent fee. I don't know what the exact amount is. But I'd rather have that charged to me than I'm tired of seeing the charges for using a credit card. You know, they give you a cash discount, supposedly, in a lot of cases. I'm not so sure that if you pay with cash, they actually take the time to factor up the exact amount that it should be if you're paying with cash. Got to watch out for people these days. Some uh, bad, bad 
folks out there. But uh, one person who went into this restaurant, not very happy. They've been really tearing up this restaurant, Tacoa Riverside Restaurant, with restaurant reviews, giving them one-star ratings. And uh, you got to, you know, there there is no excuse for parents. And I'm a parent. I don't think my kid ever did this. But there's no excuse for kids to just run around a restaurant when you're sitting there trying to have a meal. I mean, this is a place for many people to come in and have a good time, not just for the one family who thinks, well, my kids are perfect, and I'm going to sit down here and have a good time. And, yeah, kids, you can just run around and like wild children like, like you're back at home. No, this is a restaurant. This is a public place. Have some decency and be a kid with a great behavior. That's my advice. That's my curmudgeon advice of the day. While I'm at it, while I'm venting here, allow me, this is not for the kids of the world. This is for the adults of the South. Are you ready for my thing that I've been holding back for a few days? I had to let some time go by, but now that I think about it, it's maybe the the best time to bring this up because this really fired me up. And this has happened to me, and I'm sure it's happened to you multiple times before, Okay. So you need gasoline, and you go to a gas station, and maybe they don't have a lot of pumps, so most of the pumps are are being used. So you got to pull behind somebody and wait. But guess what? You pull behind, and in a busy gas station, once you make a commitment to go park behind a car, you're kind of stuck there because you can't really start backing up and saying, I'll just go to another pump. You're you're kind of making a, a a firm commitment when you pull up behind somebody in a in a gas fill up situation. So last weekend I pulled up behind a car, made that commitment, and guess what? They weren't in the car. They were not in the car, and so I am tired of people who. This was really bad. I noticed this on the pump next to me. This person had. Let's see here. Um, This person had left their car, gone inside, and then when they came back out, they had to uh, still pump the the gas. So whoever was in that particular line was really fired up. At least the person who I waited maybe five minutes to come back to the car, when he got back, he did leave. But here's the deal. If you are going to a gas pump, I'm going to make, I'm going to call up Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House, and make this a federal law. When you go to a gas station and you need gasoline and you're the person that's pulled up at the pump, you get your gas, and if you need to go inside and take care of business or buy some snacks or whatever, you leave that gas pump and you go park up next to the gas station at one of the parking spots there. You don't leave your car out there when people you know are waiting on your pump okay now if it's a bucky's type gas station and on that particular day 90 percent of the pumps are empty and so it's no problem for somebody to find another pump then i'm not going to make a big deal out of that one but if you know that gas station is being heavily trafficked there's no excuse for you to not do the courteous thing and just pull up and go park at a, at a real parking spot, not at a pump, and go take care of your 
business, and, and therefore you'll have plenty of time. You won't have to worry about somebody out there blowing a the horn for you to, to move out of the way or something else that's not a good thing to happen. Okay? Am I an old curmudgeon or not? I just, I'm trying to do the right thing. If Mike Johnson would help me out and pass that legislation to where you can't, let's say, uh, gas block, a uh, gas pump, if you can't block the gas pump, that would be a great thing. And then if we can just they, uh, maybe put this on an omnibus-type package, if we could just make it where when a man goes into the bathroom, they raise that seat up. There is no excuse for men to do a number one with the seat down, okay? That is just complete laziness, and there's no excuse for that. So if that ever happens to you, you better not let me hear about it because I'm going to take it right right to Mike Johnson, and that's going to be a federal law, and we're going to lock your butt up, and then you can sit on that toilet and think about it more often. Okay, do you know anybody that does that? I, I, I hope not. Okay, all right. Those are my pet peeves of the day, and I bet you y'all can relate, especially you fellows out there. You know exactly what I'm talking about, and the ladies know about it too. I'd hate to live in a household where a man goes in and does the number one with the seat down, and then the woman has to come later and discover mm, the remnants. Not a not a pretty thing, I'm sure. More of the Y'all Show is coming right up. We got a pontoon boat with a Yamaha. People dressed like they're in Panama. Small town spring break every weekend around this place. And there's a bunch of boys trying to catch the eyes of all the pretty girls that are walking by. Those redneck margaritas, a two for one at that old marina. Yeah, tan lines and gas station cheap sunglasses. They come in here from all around to get a little south out of town. Tennessee honey cannabis, then south sounds up loud. Some are dripping off of us from the riverbank to the party cold. Long as it floats, we'll rock the boat. And it's all looking up when we get down, yeah, and get a little south. Good stuff from Miss Carrie. We're back on the Y'all Show, wrapping up our week here on the program that's Southern and not apologetic about it. We are putting the South in your mouth, we hope. And this is a segment here on the Y'all Show that we call Hashtag Hullabaloo. And fun stuff from social media finds its way, or people text us or email us, and we bring it out to all y'all. Bailey's and delay or on delay. And Dewey, that's what it is. I'm sorry. <laughs> I need to work on my Cajun. Bailey's and Dewey is on social media at Bailey's A-N-D-O-U-I-L-L. They don't have the E on the end of the uh, Twitter slash X account because I guess they aren't allowed to have that extra character. Bailey's and Dewey is a specialty meat market located in the Andouille capital of the world, La Place, Louisiana. The place where quality comes first is Bailey's. And Bailey's busy this week on social media because they've got some pictures they've just posted and it caught our eye as they have this cute little jack-o'-lantern shaped thing 
And in addition to the jack-o'-lantern-shaped thing, there's something else I'll, 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 I'll tell you in a second because it might gross you out. But uh, what the jack-o'-lantern is actually made of, it's a Halloween hog head cheese jack-o'-lantern. And you can get it at Bailey's and Dewey in Laplace, Louisiana, a place that has incredible Cajun Creole and Southern food served up. And wow, it looks great. Halloween hoghead cheese at Bailey's. Now, what exactly is hoghead cheese? It is a cold cut of meat jelly. Originally, this comes from European settlers into Louisiana. And it's made with flesh from the head of the pig. And it um, is eaten cold in most cases or at room temperature on a sandwich and more. And despite its name, the dish is not a cheese and it contains no dairy products. The parts of the head used vary and may include the tongue. Okay, I told you this might gross you out. So hoghead cheese is not really cheese. It is uh, the tongue, sometimes the feet, the heart, uh, sometimes the brain, the eyes, the ears of the pig. Yikes. Uh, and then it's got trimmings in there like uh, other parts of the body. Yeah. And if you think this is gross, just look up what a hot dog's made out of. Okay. And I love hot dogs. Hot dogs are pretty similar to what they call, in this case, hog head cheese. And so if you go to Bailey's in Laplace, you're going to have this hoghead cheese of a jack-o'-lantern shaped hoghead cheese that you can get just in time for Halloween. <laughs> but the other thing they got photoed here on their X account, Bailey's and, and Dewey, A-N-D-O-U-I-I-I-L-L, I, 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 I say again, Bailey's and Dewey is who we're talking about, and uh, the Andouille capital of the world, Laplace. In addition to a jack-o'-lantern, you can go in there and get the brain hoghead cheese. And sure enough, this looks like a real brain. It's it's hoghead cheese that is perfectly shaped in the in the form of a brain, and it even has the little indentions in it. And you can have it just in time for Halloween. So I'm I'm sure some of you who may not have a brain might be rushing to Laplace to pick up one of these things. You just got to look at it for yourself. But uh, today, we've learned all about hoghead cheese. And, uh, you know, you can get hoghead cheese. Yes, in the South, we call it hoghead cheese because it comes from the pig. But there are also head cheese that comes from other animals like cows, sheeps, sheep. <coughs> I get emotional. And uh, other animals can also make up the the head cheese, if you will, also known as brawn, B-R-A-W-N. Old, old, old world meat delicacies really is what this is about, and they're keeping it alive on the bayou in Laplace, Louisiana at Bailey's and Dewey. Yummy, yummy, yummy. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I think I'd rather head on down and have a beignet instead of hoghead cheese what do you think elsewhere in our hashtag hullabaloo fun for the day we've got some more food related things coming in 
And it looks like this comes to us from Chef Jason Smith, Mr. Country Bling on X, a TV celeb chef. And he's pretty active. It looks like Mr. Country Bling is the X account. And he is on X this week with a book review, it looks like, as he explores the chef and baker's delectable dishes reading with his feature at starrymag.com. And it's traditional southern recipes is what the link leads us to from this guy, Lord Honey. Lord Honey traditional southern recipes. From breakfast to lunch, dinner to dessert, and even to condiments, Jason Smith has got you covered. He grew up in a Kentucky farm or on a Kentucky farm with his granny and learned how to cook things like new country cornbread salad, quick chicken and dumplings, sweet tea and bourbon fried chicken, and a lot more. And so, yeah, check it out. The starrymag.com is where you can get linked up to, to learn more about this Kentuckian and more with Chef Jason Smith. Jason Smith has the background, it looks like, with so much uh, cooking expertise. When you get a chance to hang out with your granny, and granny teaches you how to cook, then yeah, you, you, you're going to be in good shape. And that's what it appears here on hashtag Hullabaloo with this particular link that you can find out for yourself and, and learn more about Mr. Country Bling and the great food offerings that he's got. Let me wrap up here in our hashtag Hullabaloo with something else food-related. I'm kind of on a food roll here today. And if I can... No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm saving this. The The thing I'm going to save is for our next hour. I happen to be at a restaurant on Thursday that proudly had in their window facing the street a neon sign that read Onion Loaf. And I've never been in a restaurant that prouded themselves on having Onion Loaf as an option. And you know what? I don't think I've ever had an Onion Loaf, unless that's what they serve at uh, Outback Steakhouse, the Bloomin' Onion. I don't know if that's an Onion Loaf or not, but uh, we've got a recipe in our final hour today for Vidalia Sweet Onion Loaf. And I'm going to share that with you as we wrap up today's y'all show. So onion loaf, we're not going to be loafing too much. We're going to be onion loafing and tell you how this recipe goes in our final hour. So with that in mind, I still have something food related. I want to squeeze in here before we go to break and come back and talk about movies. Willow spirit wolf Phoenix is on X at Willow S underscore Phoenix. Willow identifies herself as a wordsmith, a mother and a proud Romani with a quote from her that says live your life so when your feet touch the ground the devil quakes in fear that from Willow Spirit Wolf Phoenix a proud Romani I'm going to tell you about Romanis okay are you familiar with that term do you realize that in the United States there are an estimated 1 million people who identify themselves with Romani ancestry. And these people come to us, to this country, from a Indo-Ervon ethnic group who used to be nomadic 
and had their own lifestyle and more as they originated in the Indian subcontinent. And through Western migration, they've ended up in Eastern Europe. Many have come on into the United States. The Roma population went into the what was the Persian Empire and later the Byzantine Empire. And the unofficial word, maybe the more common term that you might want to call the Romani people, and it is considered to be a slur, but it's probably what most people call them in the English language, gypsies. Gypsies. That's how they're commonly known. And we have a million Romani people in America. And that's how this person identifies himself as Willow Spirit Wolf Phoenix. And I recently found out this is maybe not the best thing to tell you on the air, but I I never knew this could possibly be offensive. But because of the fact that these people are called gypsies primarily, when you say the term, I got gypped, okay, that is considered offensive by these people, the, the Romani people. That's where that term comes from. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you about the word because you may not realize its origin, what it's referencing. The, the gypsy people is where the word gypped comes from. G-Y-P, I guess, is what uh, how you would spell that out. So there you have it. You may be Romani. If you are, you're one of one million people here in this United States that have ancestries tracing back to a very old culture, an old culture, of which Willow Spirit Wolf Phoenix is proud to be part of that culture. Now, she's on social media this week with a message to all you out there. As Miss Willow says, Dear Southern friends, I was gifted collards because I'm apparently the only person in my building who likes them, fresh from the garden, person who grew them doesn't like them. I'm trying to reconstruct how my grandpa had made me but without him alive to ask. Okay, so your grandfather, who must not be Romani, you must be part Southern, it looks like Willow Spirit Wolf Phoenix, had a love of collard greens. And somebody gave this person a uh, a bunch of collards, or should I say mess of collards, and now she's going to uh, cook them up. And guess what? You know why people in the building that she's in don't like them? Part of the reason that collards have a bad reputation is when you cook collards, Everybody knows it. They have an aroma. It's not the world's worst aroma, but it, it does have an, uh, an aroma. And you know when them collards are cooking. So, Willow, we wish you all the best with that collard cooking time that you've got going on. And, and, and glad to know more about the Romani people. I mean, again, a million strong here in the United States and some good world history here. And we did that both with telling you about Romani and letting you all know about a old country delicacy, head cheese, or in Laplace, Louisiana, the good old hog head cheese. And you can stop by places like Bailey's and get a bunch of it, including some hog head cheese shaped like a jack-o'-lantern, or you can get the brain hog head cheese. Yummy, yummy. I don't think so. (laughs) I do not think so. When we come back, we're going to scare you with some Halloween-type movies that are hitting 
the theater this weekend. As we wrap up the month of October, we'll tell you about the new releases. Is Taylor Swift going to get knocked off her number one perch at the box office? All that is headed your way. Texas boy, Michael Martin Murphy, helping us wrap up our second hour of today's Y'all Show from 1989 and from the word go. As we wrap up this hour, a quick look at some new movies hitting theaters this weekend for Halloween. Just in time, you got After Death, based on real near-death experiences. After Death explores the afterlife with the guidance of New York Times best-selling authors, medical experts, scientists, and survivors that shed a light on what awaits us. After Death. More of a documentary in theaters this weekend. And if that's not scary enough, Five Nights at Freddy's makes its debut this weekend. This stars a couple of somewhat famous people. You got Piper Rubio as well as Matthew Littard as more in this sort of horror mystery thriller. Five Nights at Freddy's making its debut this weekend. Those are the two ones out there trying to knock off Taylor Swift and the Eras Tour which has done pretty well at the box office. We got more of the Y'all Show. Hour 3 is coming right up. It's the final hour on our Friday get-together that we call the Y'all Show. And to get you in the right frame of mind, David Lee Murphy is going to get us going with a little party crowd, y'all. She couldn't keep from crying. She told me goodbye Well I knew the Lord it was breaking her heart And she was breaking mine So for the sake of her feelings and the sake of my pride I told her not to worry about me So I'm sitting here soaking up the neon lights Misery looking for some company And tonight I'm looking for a party crowd Slamming in the back And laughing out loud With the smoke so thick The blues can't hang around With the jukebox Jumping like it just don't care If they're dancing over here Or fighting over there I'm making the rounds Looking for a party crowd It don't on me tomorrow Wherever I wake up, I'll look back and try to recall just where the heck's my truck. So take my keys and lock them up tight and let the good times flow. And I worry about tomorrow when it comes to life. 
y'all to have a wonderful weekend might be a little soggy it might start getting a little cool across the southeast but you know what we've reached a very important weekend for many of you it's halloween weekend hey and let's sing along won't you and laughing out loud with the smoke so thick the blues can't hang around go get that scary costume out Jumping like you just don't care if they're dancing over here or fighting over there. I'm making the rounds and looking for a party crowd. Oh, yeah. For a party crowd, slamming them back and laughing out loud. Where the smoke's so thick, the blues can't hang around. Good to have you back here. We're the Y'all Show. We have a good time each and every Friday when we have the opportunity to wrap things up, put a little smile on your face, and a good sing-along. Never hurt anybody. Thank you, Mr. Murphy, for giving us that great little tune right there, Party Crowd. We have a great couple of minutes here left with us, uh, left, and we're glad that you could join us here on Y'all Talk with an Accent on the South. John Rawl is my name. Wonderful to have you aboard. And we've got a little history slash musical thing to wrap up this segment in a second. But we do have a text that I want to jump to. As in the previous hour, I was talking about hog head cheese. And they've got a hog head cheese in the shape of a jack-o'-lantern and in the shape of brains that you can go find in Laplace, Louisiana right now at Bailey's and Andouille Place there in the Andouille capital of the world, Laplace, Louisiana. Texter here has reached out and says, Hey, John, you have not lived until you have had pickled pig lips. I guess not. So thank you for that. I have not had pickled pig lips, so I guess I haven't lived. But you know what? Thank you for the text, and uh, that's how you do it. Reach out to us here at the Y'all Show with fun stuff like that. We will be happy to share. And one of the things we like to do on the Y'all Show is fill you in with all kinds of good stuff, whether it's history, whether it's music. And you know what? I'm going to combine both of those subjects right now because I'm going to let you know that today in history, if you're a Floridian at least, it's kind of a big deal. As today marks the day that Pinckney's Treaty was signed. It was signed October 27th, 1795 between the brand new United States of America and Spain. And Pinckney's Treaty defined the border between the U.S. and Spanish Florida And it also guaranteed that the United States would have navigation rights on the Mississippi River. And ultimately, this would help establish that border between Georgia and Florida. And and it would separate Florida, still in Spanish control, into an East Florida and a West Florida. And the man behind the name, Thomas Pinckney, was a Revolutionary War officer that would also serve in the War of 1812. He was from Charleston, South Carolina. He would end up being 
the British ambassador at that point in history, and he would go on to run for president in 1796. He would lose out to John Adams on the Federalist side, but Thomas Pinckney, part of this deal, and that's why it's called Pinckney's Treaty, and it helped establish that border between what was then Georgia and Florida and the other areas heading out toward the Mississippi River. So some good southern history being made here today, and I'm happy to share that with you. Now, because Pinckney was a political guy, and he has something to do with this whole Florida thing, today, as part of our fun in this segment, I wanted to bring in something more, a little bit more modern. And I found a clip from Jacksonville, Florida's own Van Zant Brothers. And they have gone into the studio in recent months and have recorded a song called Sweet Florida. And I'm going to play a bit of that right now on the show. And this is a song that Johnny and Donnie Van Zant, the brothers of Leonard Skinner fame, they have gone in and recorded Sweet Florida as sort of a fight song for Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis. And so I'm going to let you hear this. If you go find this video out, it's got Ron DeSantis on it. The album cover for this Sweet Florida has Ron DeSantis, I believe, holding an alligator. Uh, It's all about Florida. It's all about DeSantis. You may enjoy it. Again, it's from Van Zant, and it's called Sweet Florida. And here's a little taste of it right here on the Y'all Show, a little southern rock, modern-day style with the guy who's the governor of the Sunshine State. Enjoy. The press don't like him, but it sure does get my business. He stands up for what he believes. So don't come down here trying to change things. We're doing all right in the Sunshine State. Stay out of our business, leave our cup alone. What do y'all think? It's Van Zant, and the song is called Sweet Florida. You can go and uh, sample it for yourself. And take that, Joe Biden. I don't believe you've got a song about you. Take that, Donald Trump. I don't think anybody's got a decent song out that's sort of a an anthem for President Trump. Maybe that's a hint. Somebody come up with a cool song. And when Leonard Skinner cuts a song, in this case the Van Zant brothers, Donnie and, and Johnny, um... That's kind of hard to beat. I'm thinking Taylor Swift might need to go in and record a Trump song to help him out. But hopefully you enjoyed that little Sweet Florida. You know, he might want to play that a little bit more because Van Zant may not be familiar with the sinking poll numbers of Florida's governor. But uh, he's got time to fix that. We're at the Y'all Show, telling you about all things Southern and more. We appreciate you tuning in. And we'll come back here on the Y'all Show and tell you about something that was a little bit new to me when I saw it advertised at a restaurant this week. 
an onion loaf. So don't loaf away. We'll be right back. Mr. Sammy Kershaw helping us close out this Y'all Show Friday with a little Vidalia. And I have found a recipe that I want to kind of close things out with you here for this week. And it was inspired by me visiting a restaurant this week of which they proudly promoted their onion loaf. They had a neon sign in the window that said onion loaf. I'm like, what the heck is an onion loaf? I'm sure I've had it, but maybe it wasn't called an onion loaf. I have found... Off the website dinneranddessert.com. Now that's one heck of a website name. They've got a recipe up called Tony Roma's Inspired Crispy Vidalian Sweet Onion Loaf with Original Barbecue Sauce. Yummy. Again, dinneranddessert.com is the website where this is found. And it does look um, it does look rather impressive if you have a chance to see it. So Yes, check it out. An onion loaf, you need a bunt pan to pull this off. But you can let it uh, have a little garnish and parsley with the barbecue sauce and serve it up. Most people, I think, use these as appetizers. But a delicious, delicious entree with the combination of milk, eggs, and salt in a mixing bowl. You can soak onion rings for 30 minutes to an hour. And then they come out looking so good and The person behind this talks about how this reminds them of the onion loaves of their childhood and the towering loaves that they were. So, yum-e. Enjoy this one, y'all, if you you have the opportunity. The onion loaf, and it's a great recipe posted right now on the website dinnerthendessert.com. Dinnerthendessert.com. And Sabrine Snyder is the lady that has pinned Tony Roma's inspired crispy Vidalia sweet onion loaf with original barbecue sauce. And I think the link's on here to where you can make up the barbecue sauce, too. Mm-mm. It takes about 30 minutes to cook this and a prep time of an hour. That's, a, that's kind of a long time. But overall, 90 minutes in total for this great appetizer. And it yields a serving of six. So onion loaves, getting some love here on the Y'all Show to close out the week. (laughs) Sounds delicious, doesn't it? And I'm going to have to go back to that restaurant that has the promotion of onion loaf in their restaurant. Because you know what? If you've got it, if you're bold enough to put it out there on the literally neon sign for your restaurant about that you serve onion loaves, then I bet you... It's delicious, and I'm going to have to get back there. Won't you join me, okay? Wouldn't that be fun? We'll have a big old y'all party and have a good onion loaf 
all at the same time. Well, it's been one party here this week on the Y'all Show. I do appreciate it as we have been able to join you with our southern conversation of what's going on across the southeast. And you know what? I say we do it again. Don't you want to join me come Monday and for the whole week next week when we bring you great information, great guests. We do it We do it upright here at the Y'all Show. I, I make a pledge to you that nobody covers the South like we do, and it is an honor to sit here in the Y'all Show host chair and bring you this kind of delicious recipes like onion loaves and the news and the politics and all the fun things that we have blanketed on this program about the Southeast. Speaking of blankets, the weather is a turning for most of the South over the next few days. So early next week, a lot of you are going to have to cut on that heater in a big way. So be prepared this weekend when you have a couple of extra moments. Make sure that you've uh, kicked into your winter planning and you've got all of the things that are needed. Maybe one thing you could do is go out and get the scraper for your window, for your car window, so that when work comes next week and you got frost on the window, maybe some of you might even have snow, uh, you won't have that as an excuse. Boss man, boss woman, I'm sorry I was late today. I couldn't see where I was going. That's not an excuse because we here at the Y'all Show have just told you about cold weather a-coming. Well, we thank you for letting us heat up your day, your week, on this show that you can go get the podcast of y'all anytime on Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, as well as Apple Podcasts, Apple iTunes, and at y'all.com, the South homepage. Just go to y'all, and we're right there with a the big old red tab that says y'all show, and you can listen to all of our shows with more than 600 in the can now. We do it right. Have a great weekend. Happy early Halloween. We'll be back here Monday and get you all set for trick-or-treating and more on the show that shakes the Southland. This is the Y'all Show. Have a great weekend, y'all.